This is Ringler Radio, where you get all the latest news and information about structured settlements from Ringler Associates, the first name in structured settlements, helping injured people and their families since 1975. Ringler Radio is made possible in part by Allstate, American General, John Hancock, Liberty Mutual, MetLife, Mutual of Omaha, New York Life, Pacific Life, and Prudential. Now join Ringler Radio host Larry Cohen. Well, hello and welcome to Ringler Radio, everyone. I'm Larry Cohen, the head of Ringler Associates Northeast Operations, and we're certainly glad you could join us again today. Well, in 2014, the National Structured Settlements Trade Association, or NASTA, commissioned a study of CLM advisors to conduct a study where the focus was on how senior claims executives perceive the value of structured settlements and the value that structured settlement consultants bring to the table. And today on Ringler Radio, we're going to spotlight this study, its findings, and how we can educate others on the value of structured settlements. And joining me today as my co-host is Bob Caples. Bob serves as the CEO, President, and Managing Associate of the Houston Ringler Office. And Bob joined Ringler back in 2007 after spending 11 successful years as a structured settlement consultant with another firm. So, uh, Bob, welcome to the show, and thanks for once again for being my co-host. Larry, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Terrific. And uh, joining us today as our special guest is Taylor Smith, president of CLM Advisors, the consulting and advisory arm of the Claims and Litigation Management Alliance. The CLM is a collaborative organization that promotes the highest standards of claims and litigation management and brings together thought leaders in both industries. With over 25,000 members and fellows, the CLM sponsors educational programs, provides resources, and fosters communication across the industry. So, Taylor, welcome to the show, and thanks for leading uh, such an impressive organization. Well, Larry, Bob, thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, Taylor, you wrote a a terrific article entitled Low-Hanging Fruit, and uh, in the article you discuss the 2014 National Structured Settlement Trade Association study conducted by your company, CLM Advisors. And tell us about how CLM got involved in the NASTA study. Uh, give us some background. Well, sure. The uh, we were approached in uh, 2013 uh, by the trade association NASTA, and uh, the express need at the time was that uh, NASTA and its membership wanted to learn more from the perspective, essentially, of the buyer, from the perspective of senior claim executives. And uh, that's something that interested us a great deal. We, uh, because of our association with the CLM, enjoy uh, a trusted advisor relationship to numerous property casualty insurance companies and uh, really enjoy access uh, to gathering information that's a benefit to the industry as a whole. So we were delighted uh, to do that. And uh, uh, we did that, uh, the study itself, in the uh, fall of uh, 2013 and uh, began issuing findings in 2014, uh, culminating in the article you mentioned, uh, which is in the July edition of Claims Management Magazine. Terrific. Well, Taylor, let's why don't we start with one of the interesting headlines from the survey. It appears that 30% of the respondents reported that utilization of structured settlements has actually increased from three years ago which may suggest that the market is rebounding. And I'm curious what your reaction to that is. Well, I, you know, I think, uh, you know, 
given the relatively uh, limited uh, statistical sample, we want to be careful not to draw too many conclusions to that. But in fact, the findings in that regard were quite positive. Um, uh, clearly, this group of, uh, of of executives felt that, you know, when compared to 10 years ago, uh, there had been a decrease in utilization overall, uh, most likely related to or tied to uh, lower interest rates. But in fact, when looking at a shorter time frame, that is the last uh, uh, three years, the reality was that uh, uh, 70% said that their utilization had stayed constant over that time frame. And uh, to the point you raised, 30%. Felt that their uh, their utilization had gone up, which I think bodes well for the use of structures. And given some of the benefits that these executives uh, find in the use of uh, structures generally, that's good for the industry as a whole. Well, let's talk about what you found about the impact of uh, lower interest rates. Twenty uh, percent felt that the use of structures has an intrinsic value to each case, regardless of interest rate levels. So. What do you take from that, Taylor, vis-a-vis how interest rates are affecting their, their utilization? Well, you know, in, in terms of uh, interest rate utilization, there's a relatively large contingent that felt that although rates were low, um, it hadn't really they hadn't really been low enough to affect utilization overall. There was a component that felt that with lower interest rates, the structures themselves add less value. But to your to your point, there was a significant component of this group, uh, 20%, that felt that the use of structured settlement consultants in the process really added an intrinsic value that benefited all parties in the case. And it was their premise and philosophical approach to use structured settlement consultants regardless of interest rates, simply because they felt it added a new dimension uh, to each case and uh and uh, probably as we'll talk about this really you know this really bears on uh what those benefits are which you know from the perspective of a claim organization is to get cases settled yeah you know it's interesting about interest rates uh, having been in the industry for a, as long a period of time as i've been uh I remember back in the 80s th- this will get a chuckle i remember back in the 80s when interest rates were 12% tax-free structured settlements, and I had plaintiff attorneys and others say, nah, their interest rates are too low. We don't want to do this. It's, uh, they're, they're only 12%. You know? <laughs> we, think, we think they should, they're going to be higher. So at every, at every level, no matter when you, you, you talk about, uh, somebody has a perspective that interest rates are either too low or just right, uh, and, and it, it's all those other benefits of structured settlements that sometimes come to the fore that really make them as valuable as they are. Yeah, Larry, let's not forget back then in the 80s, what mortgage interest rates were at that time, too. Oh, absolutely. It's all kind of relative. It is, no question about it. So, Taylor, uh, did you find that most claims organizations have a formal structured settlement program? You know, in in our business, we we focus a significant amount on the service and technology providers and the structure of those uh, programs. Uh, in the property casualty claims uh, arena, and that's a significant uh, portion of our business. Uh, I think that um, as far back as 2011, when we conducted the uh, CLM National Litigation Management Study, which encompassed uh, very detailed questions uh, of approximately 55 uh, different property casualty claim operations, um, structured settlements have remained really the most penetrated uh type of formalized service provider program. And by that, I mean uh, organizations feel they have a formalized process around it. 
They generally have preferred or exclusive partners that they work with. And um, in 2011, uh, roughly 64% of the organizations we surveyed reported that they had uh, a formalized structured settlements program. And that, that's a pretty high number in the service provider space. And we focus on litigation uh, support programs and other types of claim vendors, uh, claim vendor programs. But it was 60 in the mid 60s then. In this particular study, now conducted in uh, 2013, uh, nine, nine, you know, 90% of the people, the executives we spoke to, reporting reported having some program. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, having said that, that does not mean that there aren't areas of improvement for these organizations. But that's that's really a you know that's really a, a separate a separate issue. Uh, these programs, uh, you know, certainly, and we talked about this in the article, uh, low hanging fruit. Uh, relatively, uh, a relatively smaller number of these organizations measure the number of quotations they obtain, for example, or the number of structures that they actually write. Uh, but they consider themselves to have the program, and uh, and and most organizations, I think, in today's environment, feel that they're behind the curve if they don't have such a program. Interesting. Well, you know, you talk about how senior claims executives involved in the study identified important values that the structured settlement brokers brought to the table. Tell us about uh, those values that uh, the executives thought that brokers had and and how did they help the process? Well, I think that the executives themselves that we talked to really, really divided divided these values into two categories. And the the first was really sort of, uh, you know, financial and technical. Mm-hmm. And, and that would make sense because this is a, this is a financial and technical, uh, area of expertise that consultants bring. And by that, it's really, you know, what these executives refer to as the ability to explain the technical aspects of structures, you know, the terms of the structure, the security of the, uh, uh, underwriting market behind the structure. They're able to translate that. Uh, structure into um, into into terms that everybody, all parties involved in the litigation uh, understand, and, and that was really considered by these executives to be the first value that they would look to uh, an external consultant for. Well, then that leads to what we saw as the second category for values, which was case facilitation, and we were just hoping that. You might be able to elaborate on just what case facilitation means and what the survey produced from that. Well, I, you know, for me personally, and I think for others, this is uh, this is a particularly interesting uh, and important area of value that, that these executives spoke about, principally because it ties so integrally to a core objective of most claims organizations, which is to reasonably and fairly settle as many cases as quickly as possible uh, that they can. And this issue of facilitation is pretty important uh, by bringing uh, a structured settlement consultant to the table or or any additional uh, third party that can help advance the dialogue, that can translate needs, that can review um, proposals on both sides of the fence and really play the role of keeping the parties talking toward a successful resolution. Um, that's a pretty important contribution to a core objective that a claim organization has. And that was definitely perceived. Now, to be clear, uh, the executives seem to feel that, you know, all structured settlement consultants are not, uh, 
are not equal in their ability to play this facilitation role. And uh, so that should become an important objective of most structured settlement consultants out there, given the importance that's placed on it by the claim organization. Well, there's no question about that. And, you know, that differentiation of, of between brokers is kind of what separates all of us in, in any in any field. Uh, and that's, I think, to be expected. But 90% of the participants reported that when a structured settlement consultant is involved, claims are, quote, more likely to settle, unquote. And uh, talk to us about that finding. I, I think it's interesting that when you bring a structured settlement consultant to the table, uh, what may have been uh, an impasse suddenly gets uh, resolved. Well, uh, you know, I mean, I perhaps this is one of the more critical findings um, in the study in the sense that, you know, that 20% we talked about that said that, they would use structured settlement consultants regardless of interest rates, even if there were no interest rates, simply mm-hmm. as an ability to to help get a case to settlement. Uh, this really ties to that, and and this was uh, this was a very strong finding in the sense that this was uh, you know ninety percent of the of the uh, participants in this uh, these executive discussions felt that when you get a consultant involved, the case is more likely to settle. We were quick to point out, and we in fact worked to distinguish whether cases, whether these executives felt cases were likely to settle more quickly, uh, or in fact for less money. And those findings were not um, were not it were not as clear. Uh, and in fact, there was some disagreement on those points. But on this core issue that a case is more likely to settle because a consultant has been brought to the table, uh, there was almost uh, complete um, uh, agreement. That's very interesting, indeed. Um, Taylor, could you share with us what the top three propositions that seem to really resonate with the claims executives? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, it's just to understand our process, you know, as we do this with uh, service and vendor organizations or any particular service, and we're looking to see what the buyers think about the value propositions being offered to them, we assembled a list of, you know, 15 or so different value propositions, something that someone might say uh, in support of uh, the value of using a structured settlement consultant or using a structure. And we uh, deliver those different value propositions, and we ask the participating executives to rank them. In other words, what's most important to them, what's, uh, what, what's, what delivers, in their view, the most value. And uh, their, their responses generally fall in uh, three categories. One is, uh, you know, this idea resonates with me very strongly. I think it's very valuable. The second category might be, I hear what you're saying, but it's not overly important to me or I'm pretty neutral about it. And then in the third category are things, value propositions they might hear from someone which they categorically disagree with or or don't feel is a very strong value proposition. And in terms of the three that resonated the most strongly, uh, uh, the, the value of using structured settlements to effectively address future medical expenses was at the top of the list. Second on the list was the idea of using structures to it really is a negotiating tool as a as a mechanism to sort of bridge the gap between the opposing parties or as a you know as a sort of a needs based negotiation kind of strategy and then the third most effective um, value proposition for these executives was to effectively address claims for future lost wages so if you think about all the things that a structured settlement consultant is bringing to the table 
being able to address future medicals, to use this as a tool to advance negotiation, and to address future lost wages. Those were the top three uh, in this particular study. Well, and they make sense because they you know, they coincide with this technical and financial uh, ability to explain things and to uh, to make the process work a little bit easier, which was also explained uh, earlier t- in this discussion. But when it yeah. comes to the perception of the consultants in particular, uh, I understand that the fact that structured settlement consultants can be used in the settlement process, at the table, at no cost to the carrier, it was a huge positive finding. We used to talk about it uh, from our perspective as brokers being a no-cost value-added service to a claim professional, uh, and that no-cost piece of it was uh, was pretty big. It sounded like it resonated with your group as well. Yeah, it was. I mean, I don't know that this was uh, a huge surprise, but certainly an important reinforcement in the sense that if you put yourself in the shoes of the claim executive, the person responsible for large or small claim operations in today's environment, they essentially have three objectives. And uh, in no particular order, that would be to keep the indemnity costs at a reasonable level uh, while simultaneously reducing unallocated loss uh, adjustment expense and the allocated loss adjustment expense. And, you know, they're charged with managing ULI and ALI and indemnity costs in an environment where uh, there are no surprises to the organization, to the enterprise, where leakage is being kept uh, at a reasonable or low, very low level. And they're also responsible for ensuring compliance with various requirements and regulations and rules that they must follow as a claim organization. So if you think about that, from the perspective of the buyer, the fact that a consultant can be brought to the table um, uh, at no cost uh, means that there's no contribution to ALI whatsoever, to the allocated loss adjustment expense. Um, and so the next question becomes, is it in fact um, something that makes work harder for the claims handler? And that's uh, the ULI piece of it. And... And I'm quick to say that we're looking at that in great detail uh, in the second phase of this study, uh, which is being conducted now. Well, it's no, it's no surprise, really, that when a claim person is trying to handle a cl- case and, and they can call upon a broker, uh, someone that they trust and they've used, and they know it's a no-cost value-added, uh, they're more likely to do that. And I think that that's really spurred a lot of the usage of uh, brokers by claim people uh, today, and I think that's probably not a real big surprise, as you said, Taylor. But, you know, we in our industry are learning th- new things every day. And it's studies like this that are instrumental to uh, us growing and, and learning more about ourselves. So let me ask you this question. What what were some of the least favorable aspects of structured settlements that your uh, your findings, uh, d- you know, revealed? Well, just as there were a number of things at the top of the list, obviously, uh, Larry, there are a number of things that uh, were viewed to be less important, and uh, we should talk through those. So, you know, a, a key element of using a structure is frequently to sort of uh, head off, you know, the idea that a claimant may uh, spend uh, everything they've just earned in a settlement and spend it all on day one, and that right. ends up uh, creating a burden for society. While that argument may be true, that was frankly uh, viewed as less valuable from the perspective of from these particular claim organizations. So the idea that using a structured settlement is a benefit 
property because it prevents early dissipation of proceeds, you know, arguments along those lines, uh, that was uh, certainly less uh, less valuable. The other uh, piece that ranked lower on the value scale was that structured settlements are equally effective on large and small, you know, cases, higher and lower exposure claims. Um, and then thirdly, um, the idea that uh, using a structured settlement consultant's uh, you know, uh, doesn't add additional work for the organization. Uh, I think uh, claim executives rightly said it adds some work uh, to be clear. So that's not a that's not a good value proposition to make. Having said that, um, structured settlement companies have obviously made it much easier for uh, for claim professionals to use their services, and more importantly. At the end of the day, there's a large component of these uh, organizations that feel there's an intrinsic value in their use in any event. But those are the three that ranked uh, lower on the value scale. Well, you know, I'm, I'm not too uh, surprised by some of those because some of those are more akin to uh, help to the plaintiff more than they would be to the carrier paying the uh, the claim. But but all in all, I think that those aren't too bad uh, within a study to see uh, some of the negatives or some of the... The, the the less uh, the less valuable pieces. I think uh, I think we can take some solace that uh, the overriding the overriding view of structured settlements is a very positive one. So let's take yes. a quick let's take a quick break right now and be right back in a minute right here on Ringler Radio with more of this fascinating discussion. Uh, we'll be right back. This is Ringler Radio. From Ringler Associates, the leader in the structured settlements profession nationwide. Did you know that Ringler is involved in a third of all structured settlement cases in the country? Ringler Associates works with all the parties in a lawsuit settlement to find the best possible financial solution for the people involved. There's a Ringler Associate in all the major cities of the U.S. No one has more experience than a Ringler Associate. Check out our new website, at www.ringlerassociates.com for the best information for claimants, legal professionals, and claims personnel, and to find the Ringler Associate nearest you. When it's your interest at stake in a lawsuit settlement, you want only the best financial plan. You can count on Ringler Associates to structure a customized plan that meets the needs of you and your family for the future. Visit ringlerassociates.com to learn more. Welcome back to Ringler Radio. Glad you could join us. I'm your host, Larry Cohen, and joined again today by my co-host and colleague, Bob Caples, from Ringler's Houston office, and our special guest, Taylor Smith, president of CLM Advisors. And we're discussing the 2014 NASTA study conducted by CLM Advisors on the whole issue of structured settlements. Uh, Taylor, there were some gray areas in the study. Uh, for instance, the fact that using a structured settlement can save, on average, 35% uh, on Medicare set-asides, for example. And the majority of study respondents didn't really have a clear understanding of how these savings could be achieved. Let's talk about the finding and how the clarity can be achieved on uh, some of the issues around the uh, savings uh, when you deal with structures. Yeah, that's a good point, Larry. So, uh, you're right, first of all, that there was a lack of clarity around MSA savings, particularly as they relate to structures. And I, I don't know that this is uh, too much of a surprise. I mean, clearly this is an emerging, very complex area, number one. 
And number two, I think education would be a significant benefit to both to the buyer of these services and to the and to the structured settlement providers as well. Uh, the, I think what's what's less clear uh, at this juncture is what what format that education should take. That's something that we're looking at specifically in phase two of this uh, study, where we're speaking to a hundred plus. Um, uh, claim professionals asking how they would like education delivered to them, whether that's in person or via webinar or by email or by document, etc. But clearly, this issue of structures and the savings that they bring to uh, Medicare set-asides uh, will be an important component of that, and we just need to hammer down what the best format will be. Well, I think uh, there's no question that the Medicare set-aside area is a growing one, and it's a growing area of concern. And uh, where we find uh, we in the structured settlement field f- find that uh, it's a helpful tool is a lot of these cases, they they don't quite settle or they're, they're having a problem because many of these funds have to be set aside and, and the claimant therefore doesn't get a lot in their own pocket. And uh, there's a, there's a feeling on the part of the claimant that why should I settle this case if I'm not going to take anything myself? And, and it's this usage of the structured settlement to fund the set aside, which which allows it to go in at a lower cost, which allows more of the plaintiffs, more of these monies to be uh, uh, handled by the claimant. So I think that educational aspect of it is critical in in trying to get these claims uh, really brought to the table and settle on a on a on a better basis. I think Bob, you've seen that many many times in what you've done as well, right? Yeah, Larry, I couldn't agree with you more. That's exactly what's happening, and and I couldn't agree more with the comments that you and. Uh, Taylor had shared that education really is the key to all of that. Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. Uh, Taylor, you know, as we kind of near the conclusion of this uh, uh, show, I'm, I'm wanting to see if you could, uh, before we leave, offer any final findings that you'd like to share with our audience, uh, specifically maybe what, were, uh, what do you feel the findings, is, were they positive overall, and, and where do we need to do some work? Well, I think uh, they were positive, Bob, and I, 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 I think you know you step back and look at this from from uh, fifty thousand feet. You've got a type of service that's being delivered here, which is probably the most widely penetrated of its type in terms of formalized programs across property casualty claim organizations. You've got a significant component of claims leadership that feels that uh, regardless of uh, interest rates, that uh, it makes sense to use uh, structured settlement consultants uh, to help facilitate cases. You've got a fundamental a service that fundamentally a large group of people, uh, the vast majority of people said, uh, makes a case more likely to settle. And uh, those are three pretty important and positive findings that came out of the study. Uh, I think what also came out of the study is a fair amount of information about um, what what values uh, the uh, the organization sees in the use of both consultants and structured generally. So, uh, yeah, it was very positive and uh and uh, we've been pleased by the feedback we've received on both sides of the fence, both the opportunity to participate in the study and share thoughts and think about uh, structures in a and perhaps in a refreshed way, and also uh, the information that uh, that was presented to back to the uh, to the structured side of the industry and the value people saw in that. Of course, Taylor, none of these uh, findings would matter, both positive or negative, uh, if the plaintiffs didn't at some point accept them as viable ways to settle their cases. And and the concept that plaintiffs and plaintiff attorneys have really bought into the concept uh, 
of this of this concept we mentioned earlier about their clients being more protected by a process such as this. Uh, I think inures to everyone's benefit, even though, let's say, the claims executives don't think that the dissipation issue may be quite as important. The fact that it does exist helps the plaintiffs accept these, and that therefore helps the whole process. Uh, That's right. Any other words of wisdom you can give us uh, here, Taylor, before we uh, close it off? No, I think uh, the only last thought, uh, you know, that I might share is that it helps, you know, in looking at this to view the view the world from the perspective of these claim organizations, claim executives that we spoke to. And I talked a little bit about Yuli and Ailey and indemnity management and the lack of surprises and, you know, low leakage and uh, compliance and so forth. Um, I, I would say that, you know, it helps to... And this study was, I think, uh, you know, it had as one of its goals, it helps to emphasize those value propositions that resonate most strongly when you have a buying audience that thinks this is good for addressing future medical loss, uh, medical expenses, uh, future wage loss, and can be used as a tool uh, in the big picture uh, just to facilitate further dialogue between opposing parties. Uh, and the last thing I would say, uh, everyone should stay tuned for phase two of this study, which is now looking at this from the perspective of the frontline claims handler. And those uh, surveys and interviews are ongoing right now, and we hope to have that process completed in the early fall with findings to be issued uh, shortly thereafter. Well, it sounds to me like uh, we have the makings of another show. So uh, that sounds great, Taylor, and uh, we look forward to it. And uh, if someone wanted to get a hold of you, Taylor, how would they do that? How, how, do, how do people reach you? Well, sure. Thanks very much. So I, uh, anyone wishing to uh, chat with CLM Advisors or with me can simply get in touch by sending me an email at Taylor.smith at theclm.org or by giving me a call at 224 212 or if they like, they can look us up on the web at uh, clmadvisors.org. Terrific. And Bob, how about yourself? Well, thanks, Larry. And Taylor, thank you again so much for uh, affording the time for the show. We really appreciate it. Uh, and Larry, I can be reached uh, at either... My office line of very code 281-937-9090 at email simply at rcaples, C-A-P-L-E-S, at ringlerassociates.com, or you can find my uh, bio page on our website, ringlerassociates.com. Well, that's terrific. And uh, to all of you listeners out there, any Ringler Associate can be reached on ringlerassociates.com. Uh, there's a lot of great information on the website. Uh, I, I encourage you to go ahead and, and, and look at, at that site uh, as often as you can. And uh, for Ringler Radio Shows, you can always access the Ringler Radio Shows on ringlerassociates.com, ringlerradio.com, or legaltalknetwork.com, or in iTunes, where you can download uh, directly from iTunes onto your uh, iPod or iPad or whatever iDevice you like to use. And uh, you can go and uh, listen to uh, Taylor and uh, and Bob and I talk about this subject and many, many, many others. So with that, uh, I want to say thank you again, Taylor, for joining us today. It's been very enlightening. Thank you. And Bob, thanks for being a great co-host. Thank you, Larry. And to the rest of you out there, go have a great day. Take care. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to Ringler Radio. With over a million listeners, Ringler Associates 
the first name in structured settlements. Visit ringlerassociates.com today.